Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the Kinetic Fitness Show. My name is Ali West, I am your host as always and this is episode number 35. I welcome each and every one of you to the show. Thank you so much for being here with me and listening in to this podcast episode. Whether you are a brand new listener and this is your first time here or you are a returning listener, I welcome you all. If you are a new listener, this podcast is all about helping you to live a longer healthier, happier and more joyful life. I do that through covering different topics and subject areas all centered around health and well-being each week. Some weeks I have a guest on board and other weeks it's just me sharing my knowledge and wisdom and expertise of over 10 years within the fitness industry. This week I have not one but two guests on the podcast episode with me today. So really really exciting first time ever I've had more than one guest on the show at the same time so this is going to be a great episode but before I introduce the guys and before we get stuck into today's episode if you haven't already liked followed subscribed this podcast then just click that button it'll take two seconds just to subscribe or follow or like and then you'll be updated with all of my latest episodes when they are released Secondly, if you are listening to this on a platform where you are able to leave a review, then please leave me a review, whether that's iTunes, Google Play, whatever that platform is, just leave me a review, that would be much appreciated. Tell me what you're liking about the podcast, tell me your favourite episode, what you want to hear more of, and I can take that feedback on board and try to make this podcast even better for you guys listening in. The final point is, if you do have Instagram, do not forget to follow me. It's easy. It's Ali West Fitness. That's A-L-I-W-E-S-T Fitness. Ali West Fitness on Instagram. And you can follow me on there. And if you take a screenshot or you share the podcast you're listening to in your stories or on your feed, I will share that um, with all of my followers on Instagram as well. That's enough of that. Let's move into today's guest. So today I am very honoured and blessed to have the guys from School of Calisthenics on board with me today, Tim and Jacko. These guys are absolutely amazing. I've been following their progress and their story probably for 18 months or so now via Instagram and they are also based in my hometown of Nottingham as well. So I've been following these guys very closely and their School of Calisthenics movement has just exploded over the last couple of years. They started it in 2016 and they are both from a sports and conditioning background and strength and conditioning background. Tim and Jacko both played rugby. Jacko played professional rugby and had a very good career at Nottingham Rugby and Tim is from an exercise science background. So together they're a nice little team. They're a very good combination with their skills and expertise. And they really clicked through calisthenics and trying different moves, which they're going to tell you a little bit about. And then they just set up this business, School of Calisthenics, and it's just exploded. They have currently nearly 150,000 followers on Instagram. They have close to 70,000 subscribers on their YouTube channel and according to them they have helped over 200,000 people in more than 100 countries to start calisthenics, take their calisthenics to the next level and their slogan and their tagline is redefine their impossible. So they're helping people to redefine their impossible. I can't wait for this one guys. This is going to be a great episode. You're going to love it. These two guys are not only great at what they do and have massive experience in the realm of calisthenics and know calisthenics inside out, but they're also really witty and funny guys as well. So you're going to enjoy this one. We had a great laugh recording the episode and I can't wait to share it with you today. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get stuck into episode number 35. Introduce Tim and Jacko, the guys from School of Calisthenics. Let's do it. Okay, I am here with Tim and Jacko, the guys from School of Calisthenics. How are you both today? Very good, thank you. And congratulations, you passed level one, which is saying calisthenics correctly. We, some people <laughs> find that as the stumbling point. Yeah, I've been practicing for the last week, so. We appreciate that. <laughs> You've done a great job. 
Let's hit the showers. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you guys taking your time out. I know you're obviously busy and it's the new year, so I appreciate your time. That's no, our pleasure. pleasure. It's good to come have a chat and um, looking forward to it. And it's good to have some uh, local people on as well. I, I always love it when I get the, the Nottingham collective on. <laughs> you got to stick together. <laughs> <laughs> and also, for the guys listening in, I'm for you guys. This is my first um, threesome. Oh, well, well, I don't know we, how to respond to that. We have had a couple. <laughs> yeah, it's not podcast. our first time on the podcast. Three, three, yeah, yeah, podcast threesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Before we dive deeper into some of the questions I want to ask, can both of you just give us a little bit of a backstory about who you both are, where you've come from and where you're at now? So um, I'm Tim. Um, I've been a strength and conditioning coach for the last sort of 10, 11 years, predominantly working in, in Paralympic sport. Before that, um, I was a rugby player growing up from about 10, 11 years old, um, played rugby all through to about 22, 23 when I started having a number of issues in my shoulders, including dislocations and a couple of surgeries, um, and then took some time out was a scuba diving instructor for three years and then, and then came back to the UK and transitioned into strength and conditioning from a, from a, um, a career in sports development um, and almost stumbled into, into calisthenics off the back of um, having so many problems with my shoulders and, as I said, two surgeries that I was uh, kind of tried all the physio stuff and none of it had worked. So I decided if I, th- I thought, well, if I can learn to handstand, then that'll give me some confidence that my shoulders are stable. Um, and I was also looking for different tools to use with, with athletes as part of training programs and stuff as well. And, and that's kind of how we got started. I'm, I'd met Jacko about the same time as I'd started playing around with some of this stuff and dragged him along. And all of a sudden we, we, we started pretty much training calisthenics exclusively. Um, Dave, I'll, I'll let him pick up, but I just finished his rugby career about that time. Yeah, so uh, I'm Dave, or Jacko, as some people would know me. Um, I, too, played rugby. Um, I played from uh, at Nottingham from the age of six and played for every team, ex- apart from the ladies, all the way up there. Uh, I played, yeah, so I played 13 years as a, as a professional at Nottingham uh, before I started an S&C career um, when my, my rugby career got cut short through um, a head injury. And uh, say met Tim through a, a friend of ours that goes to the same church as us who introduced me to him because I was trying to get into S&C and Tim had gone, got into his S&C um, having not gone through sort of a traditional S&C at university um, as a postgrad. So um, sort of initially just wanted to, that was the next sort of thing I wanted to do uh, career-wise and um, started that with Tim uh, was shadowing him at first just learning from all the work he was doing with the Paralympic athletes he was working with um so I sort of automatically got involved uh, in that but as soon as he started doing I say he started his uh, calisthenics with with that reason for handstanding his sort of um uh, theory around how it would help improve his shoulders um you know, I was very much like, well, that just actually looks quite cool. And I wanted to do that because it was cool. But um, yeah, I, I, I always thought I'd lift weights when I finished playing rugby. I remember saying to one of the lads I was playing, I was like, mate, when I finish playing rugby, I'm going to get so jacked um, from lifting weights because I, I always love that part of training. But when it didn't have the um, the game of the weekend to sort of motivate and and train for, I lost uh, a lot of... I used to think I was the sort of most motivated guy in the team. Um but as, what I realised was actually it was because I wanted to play a game the weekend, and when that was taken away, I really actually then started to struggle with training and needed something different and something new and a, a different reason to train, some different goals for, and certainly found that in calisthenics. I guess we sort of stumbled across it, um, and then it's it's gone. It's took us all over the place from teaching a 70-year-old guy who's our oldest student how to do a handstand to teaching physios at an EIS conference um, and speaking at the UK Strength and Conditioning Conference about it. So we, we sort of, at the moment, really enjoying spanning spectrums of still involved in performance sport and, and seeing what value um, calisthenics as a, a modality for training can have on things like shoulder, shoulder health. Um, and then as well as helping... Uh, all of us that are on that quest of redefine us, we would say redefine their impossible, which is our sort of like tagline. Cause I know I can speak for Tim on this as well. Cause he, I think it, it, the, that phrase was born out of him saying to me, mate, this feels impossible when we were trying <laughs> to come in, what we were trying to do at first, like a flag or a planche or yeah. something. And um, it genuinely does at the start. So we started from that sort of um, 
base level of zero, really, of no gymnastic experience. Both I'd broken my shoulder blade in two places, dislocated my AC joint amongst other injuries from rugby. Tim with his shoulder dislocations and surgeries of his shoulders, we we weren't starting from a, oh, we used to do gymnastics when we were younger and now we're just going to go back into it. And now this is actually, mm. you know, when I first tried to do a frog stand, we were in the gym at H3 and just fell on our face and someone you always say it's one of the most best things someone ever said to us they came up to us and said what are you blokes doing you just look like you're pissing about um essentially we were (laughs) talk us through the timeline then i mean obviously at the start you were just dabbling with a few moves and and trying to learn a handstand or a frog stand but what was what was the catalyst like when did you both say to each other right i think we can make a go of this and and do calisthenics almost full time. What talk me through the timeline and how that came about? Yeah, it was an interesting one. My wife's South African, and we were we were visiting her family over, over December, summertime down there. And I just didn't want to get in the gym. I just had no desire to get in the gym and squat and lunge and press. And it just I'd done so much gym training over the years, and and through my strength and conditioning career I'd okay now you can Olympic lift and you tried hypertrophy training you've done some strength endurance and you've just kind of played around with all these different things and it was all kind of much for muchness and that, and that kind of combined with not wanting to get in the gym I wanted to train out outside um they've got a place down near the ocean so I was like on the beach and and just wanting something a little bit different and then with that around my shoulders I'd kind of got this melting pot of ideas as to why I was gonna <clears throat> excuse me just change my training a little bit um and I'd always thought that, well, I say I always thought it occurred to me that I should be pretty good at it. I'm, I'm a light person. When I first started lifting weights, which would have been in like 2002, um, 2003, I weighed in about 68 kilos. I haven't got a big frame. I'm trying to play rugby against like guys at like at sort of a little bit above pub level with like a, <laughs> 120 kilos full of beer and just get them absolutely rampaged. And hence why my shoulders never stayed in the sockets. Um, but I have, my strength to weight ratio was pretty good. So I thought I've got a decent pop at it. And to be honest, I just loved it. I, and I had this thing of going, I lifted weights and, and a lot of my training was wrapped up in what, what I felt like I needed to look like and, and historically what I needed to do for rugby. So I was like worried that if I started bodyweight training, am I going to lose all my muscle mass? And I didn't have a lot to lose in the first place. Um, but I thought, you know what? I, I, know, I know my training now. I've been sort of five years in the game as an SNC coach. Uh, this would have been, what, that's five years ago now. So we're talking 2013, 2014. Um, and I just... I thought if, if, if I lose everything, I know enough to get it back. So I just went all in. And then some, we get a lot of questions and some people are like, oh, shall I mix it? Shall I do a bit of this? Shall I, shall I start handstanding while I'm still doing bench press? And it ultimately comes down to whatever you want, but I'm a bit of an all or nothing person. So I just went all in. And then I came back and I sort of pretty much got a back lever on the rings and I was playing around with some handstand stuff and, and Jack and I would start just early days of training together. I was like, mate, look at this stuff that I'm playing around with. And we just, the thing that was the most attractive to us is we were having fun. It was just a laugh. It was two guys in the gym messing about with some stuff that we couldn't do, but then like encouraged and intrigued by the challenge of how, why can't I do that? It's like a muscle up. You look at a muscle up and you go, I'm a strong guy. I can pull up, I can dip. Why can't a muscle up? And then using what we know about Paralympic sport and, and, and that, I spent a lot of time working with athletes that haven't got your textbook physique where you go, okay, we've got a leg amputee or an arm amputee or, and we're trying to write training programs for them. Um, so we probably see training slightly differently. So we just looked at a human flag and went, right, okay, well, this is what I've got going on with my shoulder. This is what I've done before. How do I break this movement down? What do you actually have to do to do a human flag? And we just took it down back to first principles for each of the movements. And then we just started training them and building them up and, there's people that are way better than we are, but we've made, we've made a lot of, lot of mistakes along the way. But from a coaching perspective, we really believe that that's made us so much better at being able to create a really accessible environment for anybody to come into calisthenics because we've literally started from the, from the bottom yeah, of we ourselves. Know, we know what it's like to be a beginner. Um, and I think we were just fortunate enough that, A, we enjoyed the challenge of, mate, can you do that? Or can you try, can you do a so-and-so on, you know, can you do a handstand on that? Or can you, let's try and do this flag. And we weren't sort of, um, even though it felt impossible, it started, we weren't um, put off from actually having a a crack at these things and and essentially looking a little bit silly in the gym initially. Um, And, uh, but the the other thing that we was, uh, allowed us to then actually figure these things out was, like Tim said, that experience of um, having coached in a completely different way to your bog standard training where you can't do squat, 
deadlift bench press for a double leg amputee with sprinter as in your traditional plyometric training because they just don't have the same frame that your able-bodied athlete is working with so i think we both have enjoyed um the problem solving aspect of coaching in Paralympic sport as well as then the problem solving aspect of calisthenics like how do I get my body to do this thing mm-hmm. um and it's interesting like regardless of whatever your training background is um like calisthenics comes from two Greek words kalos and stenos which mean beauty and strength and we see like movement as a as a beautiful thing so we sort of in our framework we've broken it down to two main pillars uh, movement and strength and you need both those two things and you, you might you sometimes think you're strong and then you try a particular movement and you've got no chance and it might be that you're strong enough but you just don't have the movement capacity or capability for it um and i one thing i certainly found really enjoyed about it and and, and continue to do so is you learn so much about your body compared to what i was doing before you can't um, hide, can you? Exposes your weakest yeah. links. Like if, yeah. if you if you don't move well, you'll get exposed. If you're not strong enough, you'll get exposed. So and then it's mot- and then it's motivating to put those things right. Yeah. Like for me at the moment, I'm on a quest to sort of uh, uh, increase my hamstring uh, flexibility, shall we say? Um, having played rugby, pulled them. I, don't know, I hate to think how many times I actually pulled my hamstring. Um, and you know, physios saying you need to sort it out, but there was no. I didn't have the motivation, the, the thing to work on. Does that make sense? Whereas now, there's some of the movements I want to do require me to have better hip flexibility. And one of the major limiting factors is my hamstring length. And I'm actually really quite motivated at the moment to do something about that. And you see those those little improvements. We get a lot of people, are, as we call them, students, the, the guys in our community, guys and girls in our community that um, tell us, um, and I f- we feel it the same, those small little incremental improvements that you can see from like day to day, week to week, month to month, that is encouraging and, and motivating to help you um, rather than just sticking another 1.25 kilo on your bench press or just getting stuck at never being able to bench more than 100 kilo or whatever terrible bench press I used to have. <laughs> I think off the back of what you've both said, it's it's interesting to hear how you've blended everything together because you've kind of took that experience of being coaches and snc and that knowledge base that you've got but then you've gone back to the the rawness of movement and what movement should be all about and for me movement is about having fun and you said the the biggest thing was when you started off you was having fun you was enjoying it and then because you've both come from that team background you've got that element of competition as well so you've just blended everything perfectly into a nice little package haven't you I mean, I think that's how it feels like it comes together. Like you, with calisthenics, which is maybe a little bit different to, to many forms of, of yoga, for example, where, where movement is the primary sort of objective is I like being strong and I want to do things which, is, which, um, which mean that I can, I can do challenging movements. You can get stronger, like handstand pushups. Like we, we, we first started learning to handstand because, yeah, okay, well, I wanted to see if my shoulder would stay attached. But then I was like, I actually really want to do a handstand pushup because anyone can do a freestanding handstand pushup is a badass. Like you've, <laughs> you've got shoulder stability and you've got strength and you can link it together. You've, you've got a really high functioning kinetic chain. Um, it's very different to, to just military pressing 120 kilos or whatever it is that you these, these sort of weightlifting kind of objectives might be but and it's not to say that any of that's wrong when we're, we're so um passionate about like you, you've got people got to find a form of training which they enjoy something they can stick to something which makes them happy um and i've i've i think i speak from jacko as well both of us have found that the focus of calisthenics on um, what our bodies can do rather than what they look like is is so freeing from a mental health perspective like we is a, a big discussion that we often have around dysmorphia and, and the issues that males are having in society um, I care much less about what I look like not nothing entirely but now because you've got a few skills in locker which means it's not just about the aesthetics and that for me is it makes me a lot more peaceful with who I am and 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 that means I enjoy my training more not restricted to having to adhere to such strict rules and people often say to us what are your what your what your favorite sessions and I think they often want us to go oh it's a hundred pull-ups and a hundred dips and it's a thousand of this and whatever and we go do you know what it's the ones where we just mess about we're just gonna go in the gym Jacko go can you do a handstand on that beer keg and I go I don't know I'll try um 
and we enjoy that that side of the training and, and calisthenics is massively freeing that because it's endless like as soon as you've done one thing there's something else and it makes you feel like a beginner all the time because okay you can do a muscle up okay now go and try a single arm pull up and you'll literally be right back at square one and it humbles you to have to go back through that process and then we talk a lot about earn the right to progress so every milestone that you reach it's like a massive victory so you've constantly got these things that you're working towards rather than can i just put an extra 1.25 weight on a bar and do the same thing that i've been doing just for different numbers of rep ranges and, and that sort of thing so it just opened up a lot of variety for us i think yeah and you're not reliant on the gym on equipment and and whatnot you can get by with very little like yeah. maybe a pull-up bar at home and some well, rings or something and then you're good to go so um i was just in south africa for three weeks and i took a set of rings with me and as long yeah. as i can find something to hang my rings off i'm i'm golden like you can, yeah. i can train as well as i can do at home so you just need to know how to leverage your different body positions yeah that's awesome that's brilliant you just just go and rock with it don't you yeah it is and it means you can like i like being outdoors like actually being out in the sun or on the beach or just enjoying a little bit then the summertime it, it, it's i don't why do i want to go inside and just sort of get feel like i'm i'm, I'm going it's a beautiful day outside but when i train well i'm just gonna hang the rings outside and we'll do a session tops yeah. off and, and enjoy some sunshine and it so. feels it feels a bit more natural is I, get, mm. well, I don't know if that's the right word to use but like using your body and and moving it and trying to just we talk about um a phrase that Tim's used before exploring your physical potential through bodyweight training and that coming back to those two pillars of movement and strength like trying how well or how much can I move and, and how strong can I be within that um, it puts you in a pretty good shape um, and, a, and another phrase that Tim's used in the past is um, uh, like being strong outside of the gym or being strong in the world, which um, we almost did a, a series. It's never come to fruition as the survival in the urban jungle uh, workshop series, but that's that's for another that's for another <laughs> day or maybe another life. But um, but this idea of like actually, what's important? Is it important that I can pull myself up over a wall, effectively doing like some sort of muscle up type movement compared to um, doing the stack? on the lap pull down and and for some like we said for some people motivated by different things but just for us that that side of it has definitely resonated with us as we've um i guess got older like for me trying to find a different reason to train um when there were sorry when there wasn't the reason um of a rugby match uh, that's definitely been a, a huge element of it um to me it gives you a purpose to your training i think everyone knows that they as soon as you sign up to um like a, an event or a race, you've got that thing in the diary, you know that you're going, you, you know, nine times out of 10, you go into um, focus your training a little bit more. You've give yourself something mm-hmm. to be accountable to. Um, and having little goals, like I want to learn a handstand. Um, it's not exactly the same, but it's giving you something that you're going to then work towards. And, you know, that tangible outcome is it when you can do a handstand, you can do a handstand yeah. and that's it. And then like, well, if you want to get bigger or you want to lose weight, that, what does that look like? Because those goalposts are variable. They move, especially when you're talking to, to guys that want to get bigger. Like it's, okay, you're going to get bigger. You're bigger than you were, but now you still want to get bigger. It's, um, and when you can do a human large. flag, holiday photos take a whole different yeah. realm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen plenty of them on your guys' Instagram. But that's another thing. We'll, we'll touch on social media in a, a little bit later on, but going back to what we spoke about, about the enjoyment that comes across from you guys as well. You can tell that you're passionate about what you're doing and that you're enjoying it. And that's, that's really shown on your, on your social media as well. But anyway, let's move on. I want to talk about uh, something you mentioned earlier, Tim, and you can both obviously discuss this with me, but you spoke about problems and problem solving. So let's just talk about some of the key problems that you guys come across or what a beginner might come across when they first start out on their calisthenics journey what are some of the major problems that you see and uh, and beginners have yeah for sure it's a great question and i think that's that's one thing that we've really tried to to do is make calisthenics accessible because a lot of what you see on social and we'll, we'll pick up on it later i'm sure is it's very it's quite iconic it's impressive it looks it looks hard and a lot of people will say to us oh, i could never do a handstand i'm like well you could 
you could do a handstand, but you, the biggest thing is you've just got to start. You've got to have the confidence to begin. Um, and that can be as simple as just a, a frog stand, which is we can teach if we do a workshop with beginners and we'll have anybody from 16 year olds to 70 year olds coming along and, and with various different training backgrounds, we'll pretty much get everybody frog standing in, in the space of a few minutes. Um, when we actually start on that exercise, I've done some mobility and prep work. Um, but it, you've just got to, you've got to begin and have the confidence to, to do something a little bit different. And if you're training in a gym and just sort of step out and go, look, I'm going to give this a go. I actually don't care what other people think. I'm probably going to fall over. I might just, I might feel a little bit embarrassed to start off with. I'm not that good, but it really doesn't matter because it's so outweighed by the enjoyment that you're going to get out of it. And if you can find somebody else to do it with, um, then there's obviously there's a little bit of security and confidence in those numbers. So I think that's the biggest thing is just have the confidence yeah. to start, give yourself some freedom. If you don't want to do it in the gym or in public, you can do it at home. Anyone can start their hand balancing practice in their front room or in the garden or, or whatever. Um, I'll, I'll do another one. Let, I'll let Jacko jump oh, in. Can I just jump yeah, in on that one just quick? The, the, if you are somebody that's worried about, you you've tend to worry quite a lot about what people think of you, I'd actually encourage you to do something like trying to do a frog stand in the gym because if you get over that fear, mentally um, you're starting to shape yourself and uh, build yourself a more robust like mindset around what you are capable of doing because we shouldn't be worried about what someone thinks of us doing in the training. The reality is no one's probably looking at you when you're in the gym anyway. And, and um, the second part of that is after a bit, you'll find that everybody else starts doing it. No one was doing calisthenics yeah. in, in, in H3 when we started. And now you can go in there. Most days of the week, there's a whole section of the gym. It grew out of us taking a little bit you of a You could be step. the catalyst yeah, in you your could. own gym yeah. of frog standing. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the other thing is is uh, not to forget the basics. There's a lot of sexy stuff in calisthenics. You can get into your hand balancing and you can go and you've got a one-hour session and you're sort of 45 minutes in, you're still trying to do a handstand and you're only in week two of your program and you're just kicking up and falling over. There's time for play in that sense and we always have that at the start of our sessions but you have to get strong we, we, we get so many people ask us questions oh why can't i do my frog to handstand why can't i do a human flag and the reality is when you break it down to the principles of let's take the human flag for example can you do a single arm active hang where you're just holding onto a bar and hanging on one arm within a, in an active shoulder position if you can't do that then you're not going to be able to do a human flag because that's such an important anchor in that movement so you have to just nail down the strength basics it's not just about the movement and the skill bit if you're going to be successful in calisthenics, you've, you've got to nail down pull-ups, push-ups, dips, and the variations of because they form the foundation of, of everything. Have you got anything you want to add uh, on? I think well, just the so that's almost brings nicely back to I mentioned the framework already, the movement and strength, and that's 100% um, one of the things that we we fall up on and other people fall up on all the time um, and is a problem that you just get caught up in that and, and don't spend enough time getting strong at the basics. So we always encourage beginners to do that. Uh, but the other thing that I've, I've personally had from um, Tim's hypermobile, so mobility is a different um, mm. problem for him. It's more keeping the, the ball in the <laughs> socket. Um, whereas um, I'm the almost like the opposite of that or I fit like through through my experience of rugby the body sort of tightens up to protect itself more and so the job of having I was never there was never a point in my rugby career when I was you know training full-time where we were trying to improve um, my shoulder mobility that was, that was never on the uh, on the cards whereas now when you go okay and there's I know there's a lot of people depending on what their training background is like and what their body is like they come they come in a similar position where they might be strong enough for a muscle up or a handstand or a frog to handstand or, or something. They have that strength aspect, but they don't have the movement capability. So the shoulders are jacked up. They can't get into decent um, shoulder extension. So they aren't going behind the body when they're trying to get through their transition of the muscle up. And it's actually that's that's stopping them. And it's not that they're not strong enough uh, or their handstand is all out because they can't effectively get their hands um, overhead. And that's going to restrict you in your human flag movement as well. So there's a lot of these things um all tie in together and what's quite nice about them is that you can be working on um like your your overhead shoulder position for your handstand that's also going to help your human flag and and vice versa so um but knowing that and having some tools and some help of how to actually both improve uh, your mobility and your movement capability and, and then being strong through those basics but as well as being strong through those new uh, movements that you're trying to create um is difficult and what's at the essence of what we need to be able to do and but it's gonna that's gonna put you in good shape for all the sort of things you want to go and do whether it's in calisthenics or even it's outside of calisthenics that was my last point actually touch on um the number of goals that people set 
Like, <laughs> like in, <laughs> that's a big beginner's mistake. Yeah, the, yeah. We get often we might have a message going. Yeah, hi. Yeah, I'm just. Have uh, you got any tips? I'm just getting started, and um, I would like to do muscle up planche, handstand, <laughs> flag, um, bolties, and uh, iron cross. And you th- and you think, wow. Um, By the end of the next month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just start. Yeah, I mean, we sort of tend to, there's different, we talk about skills and people use the phrase, I don't know whether I get a bit like um, a bee in my bonnet sometimes around like uh, what words mean in terms of what a lot of people say and use them as and then what they actually mean. So um, a lot of the skills, as we say, might actually really be more just like a strength movement and there isn't really a, a huge skill element to um say something like a lever it's are you actually strong enough in that movement like the skill is a connection isn't it? you should yeah. learn yourself to fire the right movement pattern at the right time but actually that then comes down to can you hold that with yeah. enough force which is the strength component whereas um like it, that's very different to the skill of playing the piano which is fire motor control of your fingers which is not the same as but closer to what you need to do in a handstand you've got that fire motor control of balancing on your hands and making that connection through the rest of the body and there's a strength element to a handstand as well and there certainly is to a handstand press up but a handstand just on its own the, the strength element is there's almost like this continuum of movement and strength and actually the handstand or skill and strength the handstand is like way down the skill end and less of the strength and some of the other movements are more down the strength side of things so it does depend on um what those sort of things you're trying to do now the more skill based it is like a handstand it's going to take an awful lot longer to to build up that fine motor control to balance on your hands if you've never done any before um Whereas some of the strength things, depending on your background of strength, if you've never done a pull-up before, it's going to be pretty tough for you to do um, a muscle-up straight off the bat. Whereas if you've never done calisthenics before, but you've been doing loads of weightlifting and you're actually really good at pull-ups and you're doing weighted pull-ups, well, you've probably got the, you might have the strength in the locker for your muscle-up and actually you just need that movement pattern and that little skill acquisition part of the movement. And that's going to come much quicker. So we'd often say not necessarily just chipping away at one at a time, but if you have like something like your hand balancing work sort of on the simmer on the side pot, like constantly going in the background. So long. Yeah. A chip away that a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And then the pick one sort of strength movement to go for and chip and then chip away at that. You know, three is starting to be a push, you know, four or five things at once you, you, you're going to make, you're not going to make anything. It's going to be too difficult to try and spin those plates. You need a couple of easy wins because yes. it is hard. It is progression is hard for, and it just does help if you've got something which is a little bit easier or more achievable than a handstand can take. A, a, a really well controlled handstand can take time. Yeah. So you want something which is just going to give you that little bit of reward along the way. Otherwise, you're just going to feel like you're in no man's land. Yeah, I've, I've talked about how motivating it is to make all those small incremental improvements. But if you pick something that's too <laughs> difficult and you make no improvements, then that is quite demoralizing. Yeah. <laughs> going back to bicep curls. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. But how? What, what's your what's your tips and your tricks and your advice for keeping those people? on on track because a lot of people will be like do you know what i I'm, i've been doing this handstand or attempting to do it for months now and i'm i'm not quite there like how what tips do you give to keep people focused and keep them on track with it yeah we find that a lot of people are quite intrinsically motivated because it's addictive the very nature of when you start playing around with it is that um you kind of you get you get bitten by the bug a little bit um but there's a couple of things that that's really have been helpful that we found is, is the sense of community. One thing that we loved about calisthenics was a very different feeling. Um, when you go into a gym or you're in a park, if you're in a gym where it's kind of headphones on, hat down, bars loaded with a load of weight, you don't necessarily want to look up to anybody in the squat rack and start a conversation. Whereas if you're on a calisthenics rig and there's a couple of people that you don't know or, or whatever, just the conversation just starts to flow. And one of the things that it wasn't almost as intentional. It's just one of the things that we were very focused on was was giving advice to people and supporting people and being positive. And, and as a result of that, people have drawn into a community around the School of Calisthenics, which is, it, we're so unbelievably um, privileged to be part of. 
but everyone fuels everybody else. So actually having a few people around you that are either, and that can be online or in your own, in your own gym or environment where you're training, but just having people to go on the journey with, I don't know what my training would have looked like if it wasn't Jack and I doing it together. Um, we're very blessed to think in that sense of we've, we've been on this journey together from a starting point of a similar place. And we've learned a lot as a result of, of training together. I learned from what Jacko learns and, and vice versa. Um, and I think it is that that's the last thing I'll say was just probably going through to, to picking some easy wins and having some, some, some goals. Um, and for some people, an impossible might be a frog stand, which is just balancing on your elbows, uh, your knees resting on your elbows and taking your feet off the floor. It's our entry point into hand balancing. But just keep setting those goals and, and understanding what it is that you're working towards. And there's real power in that resilience and developing that perseverance towards um, towards a goal. And I think it's it's just yeah, reminding yourself as to why you want to do that thing, what value it is to you. But but and allowing yourself to have fun and play with it. And it's I don't find in our experiences that calisthenics is not a difficult form of training to stick to if you get your program kind of structured with the right sort of balance and, and it means enough to you, I think. I mean that and it is of enough value that doing a handstand represents a enough value to be interesting to keep you going, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think people generally, uh, because it gets a little bit addictive, some of the stuff, because you see those improvements at the beginning, it's more, rather than necessarily sticking to it as a whole, it's sticking to something that's balanced in in terms of your training that you're not just you're not just doing all the things you're good at and then really enjoying and then you're missing out on some of the the other parts of your training that makes sense brings me nicely on to my next question which is for a beginner starting out their calisthenics journey how important is it to have a coach i know you guys are all about making calisthenics as as accessible to as many people as possible but what is the value of a coach when you're starting out and how important or necessary do you think it is to have somebody? Uh, yeah, I think it's like anything. I think there's there's so much information available um, that, there, uh, that there is an opportunity to self-teach. We were fortunate because we came into it with a good history of training and some understanding of the exercise science behind training and, and practice of applying that into different sorts of programs. Um, but I think one thing that we've tried to do, as I say, is, is we give away a huge amount of content online. Um, and I think having that access to, to high quality content, which is what we always strive to, to put out, um, is really useful because you know that you can start to get your training structured in a way which is going to be safe and progressive, which is two of the major kind of pillars of what we try and do. And, and I'm not sure when this is going out, Ali, but on the well, in January, in the middle of January, we're going to be launching our virtual classroom, which is actually a, an online learning platform where we've got community as a massive central part of that. So bringing people into a place where they can engage and talk to each other, you can, and then we've, we're modulizing all of our content. So if you want to learn a muscle up or a handstand or a human flag, it's all going to be broken down so that you can actually go step by step and we walk you through the process. Um, so that by the time you finish that that block of training or that classroom as we call it you're going to be pretty close to be able to actually be able to nail that that final movement and all there's going to be is a, a bit of practice so i think in terms of having that guidance it it's just going to mean that you get a much more direct route from a to b we we kind of we haven't taken a direct route and we started with a good level of knowledge if you starting with without much knowledge and you because you just don't have the opportunities that we had to study exercise science and you're new into calisthenics and potentially your training background is a bit varied or you've done a lot of running or rowing or whatever it might be different forms of training just knowing that what are the right steps from from us as we've made those mistakes and, and the, the information that we've put together it's just going to mean that you get more success more yeah. quickly you could find yourself fighting along and we see it sometimes unfortunately on, on, on social media people just trying the same thing over and over again and just not getting the results whereas actually like you say the value of a coach is massive if they can actually get you towards that goal faster because that's ultimately what we all want right if you want to start your handstand journey we don't do it because we want to take ages to learn handstand we actually <laughs> want to learn it pretty quickly but as a coach we although we don't want to going through a difficult process to get there we can then uh, eliminate all the things that went wrong for us and i think we know a lot that, about what doesn't work yeah but um, <laughs> so. and it's and it's something that we're constantly learning so we're constantly sort of refining our, our our process if someone came on one of our workshops now they would see that you know we've refined how we teach certain elements and um we're constantly doing that with the virtual classroom of updating uh, and refining uh, what what works what doesn't work and obviously ultimately cutting out all those things that that don't work um, we've always been passionate about you know questions specifically about beginners always been passionate about beginners because 
we were beginners ourselves and we know what it feels like for something to feel impossible and a bit daunting um, and to not really know how to get started and can see and we've always wanted to try and take that take that barrier away like we've got our, our free beginners guide that's been out there from the start which I don't know over 150,000 people have downloaded or whatever the numbers are um, and we've we always wanted to help people not to need reliance on us to tell them what to do it's why we we called the the thing a school like the school of calisthenics because we wanted it to be informative and educational we wanted to educate people so that they're not coming back to pay tim to tell him what's the next thing they need to do it's more can we educate you to understand you, your body and your training better so that you actually can go and explore this this thing this calisthenics your training whatever you want to call it your body go and explore it yourself um but you've got the tools to be able to do that progressively safely and you know how to you know write a program for yourself and that sort of thing so we're, we're trying to incorporate as much of that side of it um which we've we've tried to do from the from the off from the beginning but now the the platforms that we're able to use that this the e-learning platform we have in the virtual as the virtual classroom it allows us to do that in in a much greater detail um which we're really excited about um so as we're recording this right now we haven't actually launched it but i think when it goes live hopefully it will either it will be or it'll be very very soon um so yeah no it, that's uh, that's something that we've always um as I say been passionate about helping those helping beginners because we know what it's like and educating you to be able to um move forward yourself yeah and ultimately you're empowering them aren't you those students that are, are following your techniques and your methods you're empowering them to to take on your knowledge and the, maybe the mistakes that you've made and then go and find their own journey and their own path in the world of calisthenics Yeah. And if they want to come and hang out with us, we'd love that too. Yeah, yeah. We also like meeting people. You've, you've got to find that bit that works for you. We know, we know some people that just love the endurance side of, of calisthenics. Like, I just want to do more. Like, I want to do, yeah. and I want, or some people like the strength side of things. I want to do weighted muscle ups. And some people just love the hand balancing side of things. And you've just got, there's so much there in freedom of going, actually understand the process of what do you need to do. And, and this is the basics of, of training science. And then just go and walk your own, your own path and find out what, what, what you, enjoy what's going to keep you motivated what you can adhere to and ultimately what's going to enrich and enhance your life family's life your everything else that fitness is supposed to be about rather than actually can you take a cool photo of your instagram it's, there's so much more that we need to be thinking about than that yeah for sure where then do you see calisthenics going in the next few years then uh, let me rephrase that where would you like to see calisthenics going in the next few years not in in terms of a general view but also for you guys personally i think well we've seen it um be this thing that people don't know what it is don't know how to pronounce it this thing that came over from america seemingly it was bigger there i guess like everything is before it comes over to the uk um but we've seen it grow um and see more and more people know what it is and engage with it and i think I don't know, we might have two different answers. Mine would just be really that those that want um, a fun, enjoyable, healthy way to to train, to look after their body, um, get access to it and are able to um, dip in and out or use it solely, do whatever they want to do within it, but that it, it feels, you know, whether it's through us or not is irrelevant, that they feel um, able to and empowered to be able to engage and take part um in calisthenics and enjoy the benefits of it that we've we've felt that are both physical and mental as tim touched on before yeah i think that's the same for me calisthenics is a is a really i've started framing my mind as a very complete form of training you get strong you're forced to move well um so it exposes the weak links and those are the things which are going to be important as we um get older and we go into later stages of life we want to be strong we want to be stable um and you need to be able to manage your own body weight and i think those are the things that are offer a huge amount of value for as i said mentioned before the quality of people's lives um but there's also the mental side of it the mental well-being there's a there's a movement online around the 10 ways to live a happier life and it's, it's, it's an acronym that spells out great dream, but it includes things like being part of a community, and perseverance, um, resilience, setting targets, all these sorts of things. And, and that actually, it helps you to, to live a happier life, to you know, help improve your mental well-being. And I think that's one thing that, that we get really passionate about 
and it's where the growth mindset stuff comes from, from redefining impossible. Once you've done that, once you said, oh, you know, I could never do a human flag. Once you've done a human flag, that changes the way that you look at anything else. So whether that be in calisthenics or muscle up feels impossible, but I did a human flag. So in theory, I just need to follow the processes and I'm going to get there. Or that could be a ultra marathon or it could be marathon de sables. It could be anything. But having an opportunity to challenge your growth mindset about what can you do physically in a very easy, accessible way. So my hope to answer the question in a roundabout way is that just more people get the opportunity and have the confidence to try it. Because it's it, whether it's where we want to be as a school of calisthenics is just about providing value and, and supporting people to find something or to get enjoyment out of something that we've got a huge amount of value from and has massively improved um, our lives and how I feel about myself and what I think my future physically is going gonna, is gonna to look like. That's awesome. And at the end of the day, who who doesn't want to be healthier and happier? That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. and just be able to do a handstand when you're, when you're 70. I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, I'm reading a book from a, the Dalai Lama. But I'm not sure I haven't got to the end of it, but I don't know whether about the about uh, something of happiness. He but, can do a handstand for sure. Well, I'm wondering whether at the end of... I haven't got to the end of the book yet, but whether there's something to do with handstands at the end More of it. More than probably. likely. <laughs> Okay, before we wrap things up, there's a. I want to just kind of put you both on the spot a little bit and just ask you both if you could say the one best result you've had from your calisthenics journey so far, what would that be? Uh, easy one for me. My shoulder doesn't dislocate anymore. So I, I just to put that into context, I used to... Um, dislocate playing rugby um, I dislocated my shoulder on my UKSC Olympic lifting workshop with a 20 kilo snatch to balance no weight on the bar just the bar itself so bar on the back of my shoulders throw it up overhead into sort of an overhead press but in a snatch grip um, and just catch the bar in a, in a, in a full end snatch position which and we then, describe as custard shoulder at rugby <laughs> and my shoulder slipped out in front of a room full of S&C coaches when I was trying to get qualified it was not a <laughs> highlight in my career um but the one thing why we've moved a little bit this year, particularly, we've done a lot of research and looked at the literature around the benefits of shoulder stability. Because I said to Jacka, when we first tried a human flag, we were there in the gym, not really knowing what we're doing. I put my shoulder, my hand onto the bar and I went to Jacka, mate, this is the position I normally dislocate in. And I had the same thing when I went to handstand. I did the handstand for the first time, just kicked up into it. And before I took my feet off the ground, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to dislocate my shoulder or not. But the benefits that I've got as a result of training calisthenics, my shoulders have never been better. They don't feel unstable at all. They're strong. Um, and that for me has been, aside from all of the great stuff that we've talked about, shoulder surgery and shoulder rehab is horrendous. Um, and the confidence that I have in my shoulders now is As in to untold. go through. Not, oh, it's awful, not, yeah. yeah. You have a surgery, you're in a... I think you're bagging. All right, no, you're in a sling for six weeks and it takes you about a year to get back to full function. It's pretty rough. Yeah. So that for me is a, a very personal one, but yeah. Um, well, just, just, well, just touch on that. I, 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 ref, I hear this, I hit what like we, whenever we do obviously like interviews and stuff, we, we end up hearing each other talk about the same. So I've heard Tim say that a, f a, f a few number of times, but more recently I reflect on the fact that cause I didn't know him when he dislocated his shoulder, my attitude and I'd just come fresh out of rugby was shut up, mate, get on with it. Like, <laughs> You know, he, he's, he was saying, this is where I would dislocate my shoulder. And I've literally told him, just get on with it, mate. Because that's what he sort of did in, in the rugby environment. And luckily, he didn't dislocate his shoulder. But And also, if I had have known him, I would have 100% said to him, well, let's not do that. Because that's going to be a really bad idea. Because we don't want you to dislocate his shoulder again, because we've got a load of work to do. <laughs> um, and, this, and like, you know, we would have never probably done calisthenics. And school calisthenics may never have... Um, been born so it's it's just interesting sort of reflecting um reflecting on that um i think for me standout thing is um as i said right at the beginning i one of the things that got me into it um was that when i when i'd finished rugby from retiring from a head injury i it took me quite a few it took me probably about five six months to get back in to be able to train properly um and I wanted to get back into shape and I started doing weights and really, I remember what there was a day in the, where I was doing bicep curls in the gym and I looked at myself in the mirror and thought, what are you doing? Like you could do anything and you're just doing the same old things that you've always done. And I was, and I was struggling with that then motivation to actually train how I wanted to. 
Um, and what color sense has given me is it's given me that drive and that motivation. If anything, I'm still too motivated because I just try and do too. I'm the guy that makes the mistake of trying to do too much and things that are too hard, but just because I'm really, um, excited and motivated about trying to do some of the things I can't yet do. Um, and just exploring that and enjoying that as part of the journey, but that that's probably been the biggest, if you had to pick out one standout thing for me, that's just given me back that motivation that I sort of always thought I just had intrinsically like inside of me but I later learned that actually it was just due to the sport that I was trying to do I just now have a new outcome that I'm striving for perfect love it absolutely love it no worries pleasure <laughs> me and Jack are rambling on for a <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem with the three ways you get you get a bit more love don't you you get yes yeah, yes two you questions we've done an hour <laughs> it's good I love it Right, we always finish my podcast in the same way, and I've got a feeling I might know how this is going to end, but we'll see where we go. I always finish my podcast with a favourite quote, and this can be, well, we might as well do one each, or you can do one together, but just just end the show and leave us with a favourite quote to finish. It can be one of your own, it can be somebody else's, just drop us, drop it and hit us with it. Calisthenics related or just generally life, just philosophy related? philosophical your choice i'll give you mine my, mine's a bit of a as a life verse if you want to call it that but mm. it's from a robert frost poem it said two paths diverged in the woods and i took the road less traveled and that has made all the difference nice not necessarily good and bad people sometimes look at that and go oh well you should always take the road less less traveled it's not always the easy route it's not always the right route but it is a route and you have to live by this <laughs> i love it yeah no um i don't know that i don't i don't have a favorite quote i don't think um i've got i've got one for you i've got one for you it was, it was back from when uh as my from my rugby days it's probably it's a little bit beauty and strength related um i'm trying to remember the guy now my mind's gonna go blank morgan that people a lot of people won't know but he was probably one of the greatest welsh fly halves of all time tim mm. and he said win with style and lose with grace. Nice. Okay. I've got a good one to finish. Mine's redefine your impossible. Yeah, yeah no, I was going to go with that, but it's... Don't earn the right to progress, redefine your impossible. Be a badass. Einstein, isn't one plays the highest form of research. That was Albert Einstein, apparently. That was a good one. We could go on and on. Let's... Let's... Isaac Newton, <laughs> this apple just fell on my head. Let's, <laughs> Let's try and... Beat gravity. <laughs> I appreciate your time, guys. Um, it's been awesome. It's been awesome, and I'll uh, I'll hopefully speak to you again, you guys again, and then I'm going to drop in and get you to teach me some shizzle. No worries. Thanks for having us on. No problem. Let's speak again Perfect. soon. Take care. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Cheers, mate. Bye. There we have it, listeners. That's a wrap on episode number 35 of the Kinetic Fitness Show. Great conversation there with the two guys from School of Calisthenics, Tim and Jacko. Love their story, love their passion and their inspiration for their niche, really, and what they're passionate about. So if you listen to this and you enjoyed it, I'm hoping that it's inspired you to at least give calisthenics a try. If you already do calisthenics then I'm hoping that it's going to allow you to take your calisthenics to the next level as well. All the contact details and the links and the descriptions are in the description of this podcast for how you can get in touch with Tim and Jacko, how you can join their virtual classroom, how you can get started with calisthenics. They've got so much information and so much content that can help you guys if you want to give calisthenics a go. That's it for this week. As always, if you need any further help, do not hesitate to get in touch with me, whether that's via email, whether that's a voice note, whether that is a direct message on Instagram, you can contact me and I will come back to you with any help. Anything to do with health, well-being, fitness, nutrition, all of those areas, just get in touch. I am here to help you. And do not forget to like, follow, subscribe, as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, leave that review and also share this podcast with your friends, family and colleagues. I hope over the next week you have a fantastic week, you keep healthy, you keep strong, you keep fit, you keep positive and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you all next week. Take care, stay blessed 
Peace and love.